feel stuck? Tired of wrestling with shame, insecurity, and hiding your flaws? Friend, I've been there, and it's time to come out of hiding because God wants to meet you in the middle of your big hot mess. I'm Kimberly Stokes, and I'm on mission to help real women, just like you, get unstuck, meet Jesus in all the ordinary moments, and live in increased intimacy with God. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do far more than you could ever imagine. This is the Imagine More podcast, and it's time for today's show. Welcome, beautiful friend. I'm so glad you joined me for today's episode, What's Hijacking Your Life? Today's show will be packed with useful and practical info for your daily life. If you've ever felt like, what the heck's happening? It just seems like life is passing me by, or why do I feel like a victim and not a victor? Then this episode is specifically designed for you, my friend. You may want to listen to this episode two or three times and take notes because it's packed with so many powerful, life-changing truths. Let's jump in and find out if something is hijacking your life. First of all, what does it mean to hijack? To hijack, the definition is to take over something and use it for a different purpose. Usually, hijacking refers to an airplane, a ship, or a vehicle. Historically, bad guys would take over a ship, gain control, and then turn the direction of the ship. Did you ever see the movie Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks? No, you probably didn't because it's the worst movie ever in my opinion. Honestly, I hated that movie. But my husband and my son love it. So in that movie, Somali pirates invade Captain Phillips' ship and they take over. So these pirates had no rights to the ship. They had no claim or responsibility, but that didn't stop them. They intentionally hijacked the ship for their gain and pleasure. And after the takeover, the new captain, who was head of the pirates, looks at Tom Hanks and he says, I am the captain now, Irish. And that's a line that Shannon and my son quote frequently just whenever it's appropriate. But boy, is there a spiritual parallel in our lives. How the enemy is so like those Somali pirates in that movie. He loves to hijack our emotions, hijack our thoughts. Really, he wants to hijack our lives. So today we're going to learn how to respond when someone or something hijacks our lives. If you're on an airplane and it's hijacked, some unwanted person or group has taken over the flight. They took control of something that wasn't theirs. And a few days ago, I read a true story about this 29-year-old woman who was flying to Athens for vacation. And on the first leg of her trip, she was flying and heading into Tel Aviv. She was flying first class, by the way, which I'm so jealous because I'd love to fly first class on an overseas flight. It just looks so bougie. But anyway, suddenly a man and a woman rushed the cockpit and hijacked the plane. So this was, I think, in the early 70s. But remember, this airplane wasn't theirs. They had no claim. They had no right to it. But suddenly, these two people were controlling the airplane, not the airline pilot. So when it got hijacked, it went off its intended course. And after I read about this woman's experience, my first thought was, how often does the enemy hijack the plane and trajectory of our lives. He can hijack our thoughts. He can hijack our emotions. He can hijack the very atmosphere of our hearts at times. And he can hijack our behaviors if we follow his bidding. In every single life, 
suffering and problems, they're going to come in different forms. It could be stress on the job. It could be moving to a new city. It might be loneliness or depression. It could be financial troubles, marital problems, parenting issues. It could be body image issues and self-hatred. It could be struggling with health issues that are totally out of your control. It might be a porn addiction or something where you feel just totally shamed and stuck. The list could go on and on. And the enemy loves for us to feel like victims to our situation, to feel like a victim to a dead marriage, feel like a victim to our sin or addiction or whatever we're facing. And if we let our emotions pilot the ship of our lives, not only will we continue to feel like a victim, we will continue to enforce the thought pattern and idea that we are victims. Be aware. When the enemy tries to hijack our mind, it's subtle. It's so subtle. He quietly whispers things like, you're a victim, or you'll always feel this way, or you'll always be this way. You can't help it that you're an alcoholic or a rageaholic. You're just like your mom. Or he suddenly whispers, this marriage is hopeless. You're a failure. Give it up already. Or he may whisper things like, Everyone else is smarter or more talented than you. You shouldn't even try. That way you won't end up disappointed again. Can you relate to some of these thoughts, friend? I know I can. Let me tell you from experience, the lies of the enemy sometimes feel way more real than the truth. That's what really trips us up is when our emotions align with those whispers of the enemy. What really trips us up When our emotions align with the whispers of the enemy. But the lies of the enemy, no matter how real they feel, are in opposition to what the Bible says. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want you to think about your life over the past couple of weeks. Who or what has been piloting the ship of your life? The truth of God? Your own thoughts? Maybe your roller coaster emotions, your fears, or is it the narrative the enemy is whispering over you? What's been in the driver's seat directing the trajectory of your life over the past two weeks? Has your life unknowingly been hijacked by the enemy? We need to realize that there's a force behind our thoughts and our emotions. The Word of God says, Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So Jesus who lives in you and me via Holy Spirit is so much greater than that lying devil who whispers his lies trying to hijack our emotions, trying to hijack our situation, our attitudes, or our behaviors. You know, it's really kind of crazy that we have the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit living in us, yet how often do we allow the stupid enemy to hijack our thoughts and emotions? And we end up agreeing with him that we're a victim, that we're powerless and pathetic, or that we're hopeless and barely hanging on. Friend, we need to wake up. If you've been feeling powerless and like a victim in any area of your life, even if it's simply feeling like a victim to your emotions, today is your day to wake up and power up. There's no shame in this, but it's time for change. The devil may have sneakily hijacked the plane of your life, but today... Jesus and you are on a reconnaissance mission to kick some devil butt. First, I want to look briefly at the difference between the devil's tactics and God's tactics. 
The devil wants you to feel and act powerless. He wants you to be a slave to his thoughts and lies. But in contrast, God wants you to live from his power. His very own spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The enemy values bondage, and he wants you to live as a slave. That's why he tries to hijack you and convince you that you're a victim. But in contrast, God values freedom. He places such high value on liberty. That's why he gave us a free will, which is the power to choose. Do you realize that both the devil and God want you to live a surrendered life? The devil just wants you to surrender to his hijacked emotions, thoughts, and perceptions. The devil wants you to be a victim so he can continue to hijack your life through your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors. The enemy wants access to the command central of your life. He wants access to your mind, your thoughts, and your attitudes. But he'll settle for access to any and every part you'll give him, even if that's only your emotions. But friend, I want you to know God never, never hijacks our mind, our will, our emotions, or our heart. God simply invites us into relational intimacy, to choose him, a life of surrender and love. He calls us to lifelong divine romance with him, the lover of our souls. So how do we respond to the enemy's attempts to hijack our lives? We need to realize And this is so important, friend. Realize that the enemy doesn't show up on our doorstep in a devil costume asking us to recite some satanic chant and renounce Jesus. No, 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 no. The enemy is so subtle and he usually tries to hijack our thoughts or our emotions, our hearts, our behaviors. But like in that movie, Captain Phillips, after the pirates took control of the ship, the leader of the pirates proudly said to Captain Phillips, I am the captain now, Irish. But the enemy isn't like that. He wants to subtly pilot the ship of your life after he hijacks. He wants to go undetected so you think you're piloting your ship. All the while, he's whispering his lies and manipulating your mind. So what's our response if we've been hijacked? I think we need to actively and intentionally live in alignment or agreement with God in these four areas. Our heart, our mind, which includes our thoughts, our mindsets and attitudes, our emotions, and our behaviors. These are some questions I ask myself to assess if I've been hijacked by the devil. Is my heart attitude in alignment with the heart attitude of Jesus? Number two, are my thoughts in agreement with Jesus' thoughts? Are my emotions in alignment with Jesus' emotions? And yes, our emotions can submit and be in alignment with Jesus. And lastly, are my behaviors in agreement with the behaviors of Jesus? Listen up, because this is super, super important. These aren't hoops or religious responses in effort to appease the Father. They're authentic areas of surrender. That the core of who I am is intentionally and willingly submitted to God in every area of my life. So my friend, what we're discussing today is an intentional and relational submission to God. To purposely live in alignment with His Word and His Kingdom. A really good friend of mine wrote and posted this the other day. And I think it beautifully expresses what surrender and submission to the Father looks like. 
She wrote, surrender is giving up. It's giving up your thoughts and plans, your pain and process. This is not surrendering to an enemy that wants to cause you harm, but falling back into the loving Father's arms that only has good in store for you. Surrender provides the least resistance to the process. It is being led instead of dragging your feet. Surrendering to God is fully trusting in His ways and having faith in His ability to get you to the end. Surrender is a daily thing. It's not passive, but actively letting go and trusting God who knows the way. Isn't that good? Surrender is an active process that involves trust. And trusting God grounds us in His nature and His goodness. And really, it's our first defense against the enemy hijacking our lives. Jesus said in John 14, 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. And that means stirred up or agitated. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So friend, do you realize that it's not God's job to steward your heart? That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. And to be honest, sometimes it's really hard to steward our hearts, right? When your spouse has been unfaithful or if your father's dying of cancer, when your child is having seizures, when you're facing bankruptcy. But no matter what you face, no matter what I face, it's our responsibility to steward our heart, to steward our mind, and to steward our emotions. So when we're facing circumstances that are out of our control, and personally, when I'm facing circumstances that are out of my control, there's a quote from Viktor Frankl that, that are, it's just so empowering and I really like it. If you don't know who he was, Frankl was an Austrian neurologist and I think he was a psychiatrist, but he was a Holocaust survivor. And Frankl wrote, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. When we are no longer able to change the situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And that, my friend, kind of sums up the power of stewardship of our heart, our mind, and our emotions. I don't think Frankel knew Jesus, but he did know the power of stewardship. He knew the power of walking in authority over our own heart, our mind, and our emotions. Regardless of what we're going through in life, each person is as happy as he or she purposes to be. Really, we're as content as we choose to be. It's a spiritual principle that the Apostle Paul understood really well. He's the one who wrote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's those prior verses that give that context. In verse 11 and 12, Paul said, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether living in plenty or in want, whether well-fed or hungry, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So friend, do you think the Apostle Paul let the enemy hijack his life? Do you think he let him hijack his emotions when he was beaten and taken for dead? Hijack his thoughts when it felt like Jesus wasn't answering his prayers or coming through for him? In all the crappy things he went through, Paul wrote, I've learned the secret of contentment, and it was deep, deep dependence on Jesus. As we journey through difficult seasons, we too can learn the secret of contentment. Regardless of your emotions, disappointment, of a terrible situation, a dead marriage, or you or your child's health issues, 
You and I can steward our attitudes and not let our emotions or the lies of the enemy hijack our lives. If we just let life happen, if we have a blasé faire attitude, I guarantee you something or someone is going to hijack us. However, if we choose to step into the authority that God has given us, we can intentionally steward the ship of our lives and not put up with the crap of the enemy. When he comes like a just a Somali pirate trying to hijack our mind or our emotions, we can say no. Even the psalmist understood this. In Psalm 13, 2, he says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? Basically, he's saying, How long will the enemy kick my butt? But in verse 5, he says, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. So in verse 2, it's like his thoughts, He's focusing on his thoughts and emotions. And obviously, it's like they've been hijacked, right? Verse 5, I will trust in your unfailing love. The psalmist's heart attitude landed on trust, landed on praise, it landed on gratitude. Could the psalmist have focused on times when it felt like God let him down? Absolutely. And we'll find whatever we're looking for. Let's look for God's faithfulness in the past. Let's remind ourselves of his innate goodness and his nearness in the present. If we feed on and focus on what God hasn't done, we will definitely continue to be depressed, allowing the enemy to kick our butts and hijack our lives. Once again, I ask you to think about your life over the past couple of weeks. Who or what has been piloting the ship of your life? Is it the lies of the enemy? Your own emotions? Maybe some negative mindsets? Or is it the truth of God, his love, his thoughts, his faithfulness, his word? Can you imagine ever getting in an Uber, but you have no idea who the driver is or where he's going to take you? Of course not. We'd never do that, right? But if we're allowing the enemy or our fickle emotions to pilot the ship of our lives, it's just like getting in an unknown Uber with an unknown driver taking you to an unknown destination. Friend, it is time to stop letting the enemy hijack our lives. And it's time to stop letting our fickle emotions hijack our lives. Our emotions are super important, but we don't ever want them to be in the driver's seat. Emotions weren't designed to be the ruling entity in our lives. So if this is a struggle for you, you probably find yourself feeling powerless or feeling like a victim a lot of the time. And the really good news is, get your emotions out of the driver's seat. Begin to let God and His Word pilot the ship of your life. You'll learn just how powerful you are. You'll learn that you're not a victim because you have thousands of tiny choices that you make every single day in your attitude and your thoughts. Friend, I want to tell you today, you are a powerful person. I tell our kids this all the time. You are a powerful person. No one can hijack your life without your permission. Not the devil, not your emotions, not your situation, not even your hormones. I've struggled with all of these in different seasons of life. And God has taught me the power of agreeing with Him in my thoughts, my attitudes, my mindsets, and my emotions powerful choices in our thought lives lead to powerful behaviors and eventually they affect our emotions 
If you want to pilot and walk in authority over the ship of your life, then make intentional and powerful choices. So I've got a question. Out of your thoughts, your behaviors, and your emotions, which do you think is the easiest to change? Okay? Out of your thoughts, your behaviors, your emotions, which do you think is the easiest to change? What's your answer? If you said thoughts or emotions, eh, you're wrong. If you said behaviors, ding, 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 you are right. If you want to implement change in your life, I encourage you to start off with your behaviors. It's the easiest to change because we can change our behavior regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we think. But here's a gold nugget for you. To implement lasting change in our lives, We've got to change our thinking. It's imperative and it's so important. I'm going to say it again. To implement lasting change in your life, you've got to change your thinking. Your thoughts and your interpretation of circumstances have a huge power to shape your life. That's why we want our thoughts to be in complete agreement with God's thoughts and His words. So be vigilant in your thoughts. The enemy loves to hijack your thoughts. In closing, I want to wrap up by sharing a super practical example um, of a marriage. Let's say a marriage that's struggling. Maybe you feel like your marriage has been hijacked. Let's say my marriage is struggling and I'm depressed, so my attitude's also struggling. And as you know, it takes a lot of emotional energy to invest in your marriage, especially when you're hurting and discouraged. So who's piloting the ship of my life when my marriage sucks and my heart's hurting? And I just want to go through the areas of our emotions, thoughts, behaviors, and heart and just kind of like dissect. If that's me, and I have been in this scenario before, so I'm taking this from real life. When I was in that scenario, in my emotions, I was depressed, I was discouraged, I was angry. There was deep disappointment in my spouse. And, you know, you can relate to this. If you've been traumatized in your marriage, if your spouse has been unfaithful or let you down in some way, it is hard and it affects our emotions deeply. In my thoughts, I had thoughts like, oh, I'm just so tired of trying. I want to give up. Maybe we should have never gotten married to begin with. Oof, friend, if you're having that thought, you can be pretty sure that the enemy can say, I am the captain now, Irish. Because he loves to manipulate our thoughts. And in marriage, when we begin to think, maybe I should have never married this man, the enemy has hijacked your thoughts. Okay, in my behaviors, your behavior might be cold or it could be cordial. But if we're not intentionally moving towards our spouse, not moving towards connection, healing, or intimacy, it's going to have an effect on our marriage. My heart posture. When I was struggling in our marriage, my heart posture at times was a million miles away from my husband. I was simply trying to insulate myself from more hurt and disappointment. Now, this example is so real. But let's examine who's piloting the ship of my life in this example. Have I unknowingly been hijacked by the enemy? If my emotions are depressed, discouraged, angry, deep disappointment in my spouse... And honestly, probably I had some hatred towards my spouse at the time. Hmm. Were my emotions about my marriage in alignment with Jesus? No, definitely not, right? It's time to stop play acting and start actively inviting the Holy Spirit into our emotions. We can surrender all of our yucky emotions to God. And we can submit them continually. 
I like to say, Holy Spirit, I submit all my emotions to you. I want to be ruled by you and not my roller coaster emotions. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Have your way in me. And that's just an honest invitation into my emotions. If I recognize I'm struggling with unforgiveness or bitterness or whatever it is, I'll specifically name that emotion. Holy Spirit, I give this bitterness to you and I ask you to fill me. In my thoughts, in the scenario I gave, my thoughts are pretty me-focused, right? Or they were super negative about my spouse. Maybe they were blaming thoughts, shaming thoughts, looking for the worst in him, all indicate that my thoughts have been hijacked by the enemy. We desperately need God's thoughts towards our spouse in good seasons of life, much less when we're going through a really rough patch in our marriage. A powerful question to ask yourself is, Can the Holy Spirit say amen to this thought? When I'm struggling with my attitude towards Shannon, or my kids even, I ask God, Father, what do you think about him? What do you see in him? Then I write what I sense God says in my journal, and I begin to declare those things and remind myself that what God sees and what God says is truth. Not necessarily how I interpret the situation or how I interpret his weakness. The best way to overthrow the enemy when he's tried to hijack our thoughts is to intentionally replace those thoughts with the father's thoughts towards our spouse. Replace what the enemy speaks or what even my own heart and mind speak with what the truth that the father speaks over him because he always speaks a better word. That's true for self-talk, the way I see myself. That's true for our marriage, on the job, with our kids, with our boss. Speaking and agreeing with the Father's thoughts. Okay, in my behavior. Is my behavior in the scenario, in the marriage uh, example, in agreement with Jesus' behavior? Am I loving my spouse as myself? Am I forgiving him as Jesus has forgiven me completely and fully? Am I living out the definition of love according to 1 Corinthians 13? Remember, friend, Jesus will never hijack our emotions, our thoughts, or our behaviors. He values freedom. So you and I get to choose surrender. We have the opportunity to invite him into all these areas. We can choose forgiveness when we don't feel it. We can choose kindness when we don't feel it. We can choose gentleness when we aren't feeling it. And we can choose the way of love when we don't feel it. The old Nike adage of just do it, it's a fantastic mindset when it comes to living out the kingdom. We have a powerful advocate, the captain of our ship, the Holy Spirit living in us, empowering us to love beyond our ability to love, to forgive beyond our ability to forgive and to exert patience or grace and kindness way beyond our natural abilities. If we'll just surrender to our divine captain and begin to partner with him. Lastly, in this marriage example, I want to touch on my heart posture. If your heart seems a million, million miles away from your spouse, know that you are not a helpless victim, even though that feels true. And I remember feeling that way, friend, when I was struggling in my marriage. But I want to encourage you, you are the captain of the ship of your heart, and you can actively retrieve your heart, take a risk, and begin to once again open your heart up to your spouse. 
For me, when my heart was so far from Shannon, one thing that I did that greatly helped me was journal with God about my fears of trusting Him again. I processed it with God, and I wrote out how I felt, I laid it all before Him, and I listened to what God was saying and speaking into that. He speaks truth. He speaks love. He speaks hope. Henry Ford said, Whether you think you can or you cannot, you are right. In other words, what you think is what you'll get. Just as you made a conscious choice that enabled you to fall in love with your spouse in the beginning early days of your relationship, you can make a conscious choice that will enable you to start moving towards him moving towards emotional intimacy, moving towards reconciliation, moving towards healing. Your problems in your marriage didn't happen overnight, did they? And restoration won't be overnight either. It's a process, but I want to tell you it's so worth it. Friend, Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of your mess. Whether it's in your marriage, in your finances, it might be deep depression, it might be just struggling with deep loneliness in the season, Whatever and wherever you are, God wants to be the captain of your ship, Irish. He wants to be your co-pilot. He's not ever going to hijack your ship because he's after partnership. He's after intimacy. And he is after all of you all the time. My friend, I encourage you today to actively partner with him in the four areas of your life that we touched on today. In your thoughts, in your emotions, in your behaviors, and in your heart. And if you think, wow, yeah, I recognize the enemy has hijacked my life, it's time to kick some devil butt. You can tell the devil, I am the captain now, Irish. I'm partnering with Jesus and you've got to go. If your emotions have hijacked your life, it's time to tell your emotions, I am the captain now, Irish. I'm partnering with Jesus and you aren't going to pilot the ship of my life any longer. Well, my friend, that's a wrap for today's show. Remember that I believe in you, I'm for you, and much more importantly, your Heavenly Father believes in you, and He's for you. Let's lean into His heart today, partner with Him, and make it a fantastic day. Until next time. Friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it on your social accounts, because we want to reach and bless as many women as possible. You can find me on Instagram at Kimberly K. Stokes. And be sure to check out our blog and online resources at imaginemoreministries.org. We're developing new resources to help you thrive on your journey with Jesus.